The Rural Health Voice, Episode 25, Better Health Through Better Education. Welcome to The Rural Health Voice. I am Beth O'Connor, your host. We discuss rural health issues at the grassroots level and how state and federal policies play out in our local communities. Can improved graduation rates lead to better health in a community? Shawnee Gaylord and Jasmine Smith from the Virginia Department of Health's Youth Health Equity Leadership Institute joined me to talk about how Yelly is improving health through helping students. Shawnee and Jasmine will be session leaders at the Rural Health Voice Conference in November. Welcome, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. So first things first, Shawnee, why don't you tell me what does YELI do? YELI stands for Youth Health Equity Leadership Institute, and it's a four-year after-school and summer program dedicated to empowering students to graduate on time, as well as have an action plan for the future. Um, we overcome barriers to education, and we decrease health inequalities. We provide leadership development, critical thinking skills, mentoring opportunities. We go on college trips, um, and we definitely focus on career planning. And we partner with a lot of organizations throughout the city to have guest speakers. And as we mentioned, just give the kids something positive to do, as well as develop a life plan and execute that life plan. Is Yelly something modeled after an existing program or something VDH created? That's a terrific question. This is actually created from scratch, but we do use evidence-based um, evidence-based curriculums. And we create the curriculum from scratch, but we do use other programs um, for influence. And it was it's a unique program that it was created through OMH, um, through their Health Disparities Grant. At the time, the um, objective was to focus on the area that had the lowest graduation rate, and it was Danville at 75.7%, and that's from the Healthy People 2020 Leading Health Indicator Goal. And because we focused on Danville, we, like I said, the program was created completely from scratch to improve that rate, which it already has done. And you talked some about the graduation rates. What were some of the other key factors in deciding to launch Yelly? That was actually the biggest goal, as I mentioned, because the Office of Health Equity focuses on health disparities in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Um, and when they received that grant, it was pretty much a specific focus. And it was, it's AH 5.1 to increase the proportion of students who graduate with a regular diploma um, after starting ninth grade. And it's interesting, the biggest question we get in meetings is why is the health department having an education program? And it's pretty much when you think about the um, social determinants of health, the more education a student has, the, you know, the better job they can get, the better area they can live in, in theory, so their health overall is impacted. So being the health department, we want everyone to live their healthiest lives possible, and that's what this program is about. Although the focus is education, it's really on health overall. So with that, uh, the two of you have graciously agreed to lead a session at the Rural Health Voice Conference, and we've titled that con that session Addressing the Social Determinants of Health Through Collaboration. Tell me more about what you consider to be the social determinants of health. That's a terrific question. As I mentioned a little bit before, it's definitely 
where you live, where you work, your education. Um, so what we're going to do in that session is actually bring a, some students in and they can tell us what the ideas of social determinants of health are and also how they feel like we're currently impacting and what else can our community do together to help them in all of those areas. And I think it'll also be a great tabletop discussion for us to think about, okay, the career we had, would it have been different if we had more mentorship um, for the doctors that we have? Would it been beneficial if we had, if we knew our options and we knew what we had available? So it'll be a great be a great discussion that'll actually have some action items at the end of what we can implement into our curriculum. And that's what I kind of mentioned before, is that it's so flexible that if we can get evidence and other resources to back up and give us a module of how to improve a certain area, whether it's bullying or, you know, gun violence or sexual health education, we can implement that into our curriculum. So we really look forward to getting feedback from different people in the area because it can improve you know, our lives, the students' lives, and hopefully everybody at the table will take something they can bring home with them as well. How do you select students for the program? Is, is it something that they just want to sign up or are there are certain students that are targeted? How do you figure that part out? So the program is actually um, open to any student that currently that is in the grade as our sample cohort. So right now, all of our students are in the 12th grade. Anyone that's in the 12th grade could join. Um, but we do have our Yelly Advisory Committee meetings monthly where we have decided um, on a monthly basis now, once a month, we'll have students from all grades. Um, they can have the opportunity to sit in on a Yelly session with us. But in general, any student can join Yelly. There's no criteria for it as long as you're in that specific grade. What are some of the student takeaways from participation? What feedback do you get from them? Our evaluation team does an annual report that gives the things that are working for Yelly, the things that could be better. And some quotes that we have um, from some students is every week something is different. For example, we do resumes one week, mock interviews another week, job applications and SAT prep. Um, uh, something big we do are Real Talk and 30-second check-in, which really gives students a voice. And some students commented that it is great that when we, we get to take stuff off of our chest, it improves our mental health overall. If we don't have it on our chest, then we can study better and do well in school. Um, and another student who actually joined later um, because as we mentioned, we opened it up to anyone in the specific grades that if I had Yelly in the ninth grade to get me on track, I feel like I would have taken better classes. If I would have had someone like Mishani in my life trying to help me and improve me, I would have not slacked. Um, and then let's see, just some other ones include, and these are direct quotes from people. I know some people just don't have the family. They don't feel like they have a father figure or even sometimes they don't have a mother figure because they're never home. And they were just saying how Yelly is pretty much not just an after-school activity. It's a family that, you know, really said the social determinants of health. We're really there to improve every area um, in your life. And as the evaluators mentioned, the students were overly satisfied with the program and believe participating in Yelly has had a positive impact on their life. So as we mentioned, it's really more than just school. It's changing people's life for the better and parents as well. And Educators, we went on a field trip to Washington, D.C., and even some staff that accompanied us had said they had never been out of Danville. So it's really bigger than just the students. It's the whole community involved in this um, partnership. 
That's great to have that level of impact from the students. How have parents reacted to the project? So um, a few of the parents are actually members of the advisory committee meeting as well, where we've had them express their sentiments of the program, specifically saying um, recently at a meeting, we had one parent say how her child comes home so happy and you can see the impact that the program has just by the smile on her face and the things that she's telling her mom she learned um, and that she understands now and that she'll share with her peers. So that parent specifically was very happy that the program is having an impact on their child to an extent where they know that they're taking that information and they're sharing that information. It's not just not being processed in any way. Um, we also had parents just express their appreciation for the program, stating that it shows their student, their children opportunities that they may not have learned that they had even in school. Maybe the parent may not have had the time to tell them certain things at home. So they're getting it from this program. Um, they're appreciative of the gateways that we give the students, the different resources that we give them, um, and just the basic life skills that come from the program and enhancing their um, relationships and partnerships amongst their peers, amongst community leaders and members of the community. So they're really appreciative and verbally showing their positive feedback from the program with that. Was there an initial period where you had to build trust with students and parents, but maybe a little bit longer before people really got on board? Yes, definitely. As with any new program, getting buy-in can definitely take some time. And even when we go to meetings now, you know, there are other larger organizations that people are like, well, why do they come to Yelly versus XYZ? And when we share the concrete data that we have to show um they're on track to graduate is higher than the rest of the school or their graduate of distinction rate is higher or they have more jobs than, you know, people in the community um, or the leadership positions that they have and even community service hours that they have compared to the rest of the school are higher. It's you can almost see that light bulb switch on. OK, you guys are really doing something. Um, even in every presentation we do, we bring visuals of us. You know, it's kind of cheesy. And our matching shirts are saying our Yelly motto that the students actually created when we conclude to show camaraderie, to show that visual piece. It's not about me or Jasmine or anyone else representing the program. It's about the students. It's about the community. And when you see that visual piece of it, as well as, you know, even the, uh, the direct quotes, I'm kind of um, big. I, try, I, don't, I don't want it to be my words. I want it to be theirs. Another quote is, even if you don't want to go to college, Yale has been a place that can accommodate you in different ways. They teach you personality skills and how to interact with people. They brought me out of my shell. It's really... Once we share the facts and the concrete quotes and the concrete data, it really is just undeniable to understand the impact that's going on within this community. So you touched on this a little bit, but do you see programs such as Yelly impacting the community in addition to the benefit for the individual participant? We actually had a meeting this morning thinking about this program is great. Everyone in our program, you know, is on track to graduate in 2020. But 10 years down the line, how are they going to impact? You know, how is their health going to be impacted? How is the community going to impact? And we were thinking about them stimulating their local economy. They're strengthening their workforce because they've had the skills to graduate, to go to school, to live in a specific area. So it's really catering not only to the students, but the community at large for a long period of time. And that's, I'm glad you brought that question up because that's actually a focus of ours going forward. 
So this spring you'll have your first graduates? Yes, ma'am. We're very excited. We have approximately 60 students that started in 2016. From that time, we've had over 120 students participate, but we're excited for all of them to graduate, but definitely those students that started from 2016 and have stayed with the program through 2020. So where does the program go from here? Are there plans to grow in the future? So there are plans for sustainability. We are looking currently into um, different funding sources and options for the program, specifically not so that we can just follow the students that were here, but just to also start a new cohort, cohort, maybe open it to other grades as well so that the opportunities and resources that Yelly provides can be provided to students across um, the school and not just specific to a certain grade. So we are looking at sustainability opportunities and we're actively looking for that now, especially with reporting pieces to build that trust in people to let them know, hey, there is an opportunity here for a buy-in and something that is going to have a great impact on an individual, on a community, and the outcomes that you see within that community as well. So we are definitely looking at sustainability pieces. So I'm going to wrap up with a couple questions I ask everybody, and I'll, I'll make you each of you do these individually. So starting with Shawnee, if people are concerned about health in their community, what can they do? What actions can they take? I would definitely say get involved. Find, as the cheesy kind of phrasing goes, knowledge is power. So getting with others in the community who are like-minded for us, we have our advisory committee meetings, which are held at the health department. There's also the health collaborative. It's just getting with another group of people who are seeking that information as well. Because honestly, there's a lot of free resources. Mental health is a big thing and people don't know where to go. So if you just ask the question, there's someone in the community um, that can help you. But it's just seeking that information. And honestly, because information can scare you when you think about also in Danville, STD rates, they're really high. So if you really don't know much about sexual health and you find that information out, you want to learn more to not be in that area. If you think about, um, honestly, death rates, what in different blocks people die at different ages, like significantly higher times. So it's just getting that information of what the barriers are and overcoming them with other people in the area. Jasmine, what do you think? If people are concerned, what could they do? Um, I would have to agree with Shawnee on that one. Just making sure that you stay educated, knowing your resources, um, taking that step to go out and understand certain things that are available to you, um, staying up to date on your immunizations, um, knowing the resources that you can get of local health departments. For example, Danville's local health department. You can go in there. You can get your was it, flu shot. You can um, have different consultations and different things in there. And there's resources that's provided to people that a lot of people may not know are out there, but that's when we have things like this that can shed light on those things. So I definitely would have to agree on um, the education piece of it. And Jasmine, if you could do anything, what would you do to improve health and healthcare in rural America? Um, things, honestly, like the Yelly program, going out in the community and actually seeing what's going on and developing plans that can have an impact and change that environment or that community. I think it's 
amazing when we have different policies in place and noting statistically um, that certain things are occurring and there's this amount of um, people dying in a certain community or this rate of sickness in this community. But when we actually go in the community and see the factors that play into these occurrences, it gives us a better idea of how we can impact the community where it'll have a direct impact on this community and then take it to another community that may be suffering from the same thing or taking pieces from a community who may not be suffering from the same thing, but they were at one point and building it up from there and how we can take it back to another community. So I think it's just mainly giving yourself the experience of going in. Maybe we cannot relate directly, but we can create an impact based off of what we see for ourselves. What about you, Shawnee? What would you do to improve health and healthcare in rural America? I appreciate what Jasmine said about getting information out. Um, and honestly, it's again, cheesy is listening to youth because it's so much I learn about how to relate to the community from students who grew up ages you know, zero to high school there. So they know what resources get people, whether it's Facebook or having an event with food. So it's listening to the younger generation, which is probably the largest generation, to how to access everyone else. So my advice would be to meet people where they are, honestly, and go from there. Well, thank you, ladies. We look forward to learning more from you in November. Yes, thank you so much. We're excited. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. the time to talk. That's Shawnee Gaylord and Jasmine Smith on how creating student leaders can create community health. Join Shawnee and Jasmine at their session of the Rural Health Voice Conference in November. There are opportunities specifically for students at that event, including the Student Scholarship Contest. For details, visit brha.org and click the Rural Health Voice Conference tab on the bottom right side. The Rural Health Voice is the podcast of the Virginia Rural Health Association. It is sponsored by the Virginia State Office of Rural Health and underwritten by the National Rural Health Association.